to today's conversation in our After the Curve, The Changing Face of Healthcare podcast series. Today's topic is health insurance and coverage after the curve. We're excited to bring you perspectives from McDermott Health Law Partners on how the COVID-19 pandemic may shift the healthcare coverage and payment landscape. We'll also take a look at how it may boost integration among payers and providers. I'm Leslie Tulio, Chief Marketing Officer at McDermott. Joining me today are my colleagues and partners, Kate McDonald and Ankur Goyle. Kate, Ankur, thanks for joining us today. Ankur, I'm hoping you can kick us off today by talking a bit about how COVID-19 is changing healthcare utilization patterns in the U.S. and how that disruption is impacting insurers. Well, as we know, there was a lot of disruption and delays in elective procedures, some really significant changes in the patterns of healthcare delivery. And I think there's a couple of impacts to that. The first would be changes in the utilization patterns. It makes it really difficult to project costs going forward. And as insurers try to set their rates for next year and even beyond, that uncertainty can have a real impact. And the change in the utilization in 2020 also makes several aspects of rate setting difficult for a number of years going forward. A lot of times rates are set based on prior year's experience. And so the experience of 2020 may not really translate very well to what is anticipated for future years. So I think that's one impact. A second is just the fact that insurers continue to receive premiums, but their expenses have gone down. And so that has resulted in a lot of attention and scrutiny on the financial position that insurers have. And you're seeing things like premium rebates that insurers are providing. There are medical loss ratio standards that will come into play where refunds are required if a certain percentage of premiums are not spent on medical expenses. So that is another thing to watch. And then I think the third thing I would just mention is there's a disruption in the provider networks that insurers rely on to provide care to their enrollees. Many providers have had disruptions in their streams and their payment streams. And so that's something that insurers have also had to try to deal with as we've gotten through the year and the pandemic has continued to disrupt the provider community. Kate, let me bring you into the conversation there then. Tell me, how have health plans reacted to the financial impact of COVID on providers? Yeah, so as Ankar mentioned, from a health plan perspective, as providers face financial pressures, that creates some instability for health plans that rely on these providers to meet network adequacy requirements and serve their members and provide, you know, consistent health care for their member populations. And so health plans have been a key part of supporting providers through these COVID-related financial impacts. We see a lot of publicity around the financial support payments from the federal government, but um, health plans have also been providing significant financial support. 
this is taken the form of both direct payments to providers, including advances on future payments, loans with favorable repayment rates, financing guarantees, and restructuring of contracts, as well as some more unique payment arrangements that really leverage the current environment and the need for financial stability as a means to move providers towards more value-based arrangements. So there's one prominent Blue Cross Blue Shield plan, for example, that has offered independently owned primary care practices the opportunity to receive financial support payments at least equivalent to their 2019 payments from that particular health plan in exchange for a commitment from those providers to move to value-based payment arrangements within the next year to two-year horizon. And so, you know, we've seen that as well as some acceleration of value-based payment arrangements that have been in the works for a while now being fueled more by an interest in financial support and and ongoing payment streams that you get with capitated arrangements. So you mentioned telehealth. I want to pick that up a little bit in, in the context of that conversation. Regulatory waivers at the federal and state level have accelerated adoption of telehealth um, for both consumers and for providers. How have those changes impacted the payer market specifically? Yeah, so this has been a really unprecedented change in both consumer and physician adoption of telehealth, representing a true tipping point in the market. At the payer level, you know, we've seen adoption and integration of telehealth into commercial and employer-sponsored health plans for years, but the buy-in of these consumers and physicians is really paramount to making telehealth a more institutionalized part of the care delivery continuum. MA plans beginning in January of this year of 2020 had for the first time flexibility completely unrelated to COVID to expand their telehealth benefits to members more broadly than what's available under original Medicare. So we saw MA plans start to increase access to those services. Then COVID hit and there's been a telehealth waiver at the federal level providing original Medicare reimbursement for telehealth services that historically have not been paid for under original Medicare. This is a huge change. We've also seen waivers at the federal level relating to a relaxation or enforcement discretion around privacy and security requirements for providers that are now providing telehealth during the pandemic. We've also seen state-level waivers relating to state licensure and scope of practice rules. I think that the one cautionary note is that, you know, providers right now are relying on a lot of waivers in the expanded services that they're providing, and those waivers will not last forever. And so, you know, the real question will be when the waivers end, will there be more permanent changes in both at the federal level in terms of original Medicare reimbursement, as well as at the state level that provide important flexibility for providers to keep providing services at this level. I think that the next thing that we will see after sort of the acute needs of COVID have passed 
is how health plans start to leverage this increased adoption of telehealth in the consumer and medical communities to really drive cost savings and drive care to the lowest cost site of care. I think that we'll start to see the telehealth visits are not a replacement for in-person services, but more something that can be used to more efficiently manage care along the continuum of care delivery. So perhaps a screening visit before an in-person specialist visit or using telehealth for follow-up care to make sure that that follow-up care is received and increase the likelihood that it's received, especially among certain populations, using it as a care coordination tool, using telehealth and digital health and remote monitoring to really supercharge in-home care. We've seen a lot of interest among health plans in in in-home care. And I think that as we see greater adoption of digital health and telehealth tools, we can make that more effective. And so I think those are some of the things that health plans will be focusing on in sort of the next wave once we're, you know, move a little bit past this immediate response. So a lot to consider there, certainly. Alker, some of the areas that Kate just touched on really highlight the conversation, you know, we're hearing in the media in particular around the widening gap between the haves and the haves nots. At a minimum, it seems like we've had some revelations across the last seven months about how we deliver healthcare, and insurance certainly is no exception there. What are some of the broader lessons learned coming out of the pandemic, and what do you think they mean for payers? Yeah, I'm not sure they're revelations, but I think it's reinforcing things that perhaps we already knew. One, I would say, is the fact that our health insurance system has historically been employer-based, and as we see unemployment, as we see more and more people being moved into the gig economy, where they may not have health insurance through their employer, you know, it highlights the gaps in care that can result if people don't have that employer-based coverage. And so that's why in the political conversation, we're seeing increased focus and continuing focus on health care, the Affordable Care Act, which has the marketplaces to fill gaps in coverage for people who don't have sufficient coverage to their employers, or the expansion of Medicaid in many states that also was a part of the Affordable Care Act. So those gaps in the insurance system is something that is being highlighted. The other gap perhaps, is in our public health system. When we have things that society wants to pay for because it's a public good, like testing, for example, of a communicable disease where the lack of testing and the lack of treatment has an impact not only on the individual patient, but on society, how do we pay for those? And right now we have a bit of a patchwork of paying for it through insurance, if the insurance has it or employers paying for it or sports leagues paying for it for their players, but not necessarily the type of comprehensive system that would ensure uh, more complete coverage. And so that's, I think those gaps are something that have been highlighted. 
And the other thing I would just go back to is something Kate was talking about earlier in value-based care, value-based payment systems. You know, as we see, we talked before about utilization shifting, people using less healthcare that may spike in the future. The concept that we pay for healthcare historically based on the number of procedures or the amount of healthcare that is delivered, you see that aside from not necessarily being the best approach from the policy perspective, it has created the dislocations that Kate was talking about in the provider community and their income streams and the stability of the provider system. So it's, I think, highlighted another reason, yet another reason why a value-based payment system or a more stable capitation payment that doesn't turn on the quantity of care, but it turns on the quality of care, why that is an important goal for the healthcare system to continue to move towards. So I laugh only because we've really, you know, sort of touched on so many small issues today, things like, you know, telehealth's tipping point and universal healthcare and healthcare equity. You know, I say that because I see several more podcasts in our future to really unpack a few of these more. But as we wrap up today's discussion, how would you help healthcare leaders synthesize where we are today? Perhaps one or two key takeaways that payers should keep top of mind going forward. Kate, can I start with you? Sure. So, you know, I think that one thing to take away from this conversation is just that the market is continually changing. And just like many players in the healthcare industry, payers need to be continually reinventing themselves and looking around the corner to find new ways of doing things that both respond to the world that we're in today, but also what our healthcare delivery system is going to look like tomorrow. I think that another point just sort of following up on on some of Anker's points is that, you know, COVID really has highlighted and shown an ugly bright light on some of the disparities in our healthcare system, which we've known about for a long time. And there are a lot of payers in this country who are working on ways to decrease healthcare disparities and examine why there are differences in patterns of care that their different membership groups are receiving. And, you know, I just say that this is a really important opportunity to grab some of that momentum and the attention that's put on healthcare disparities as a result of COVID and sort of all work together to move our system in a little bit of a more equitable direction. Great, Kate, thank you. Uncle, any closing thoughts from you? I would just reinforce that last point that Kate made. You know, this could be an event that catalyzes some of the changes that have already been in the works uh, to expand care, to change the way care is delivered and paid for. And, you know, if we look for potential silver linings or lessons that might come out of this, you know, three, four years from now, perhaps we will have undergone a more significant transformation and executives and leaders in the healthcare space can use this as an opportunity to move forward on some of the things that have been in the conversation over the last few years, but may not have gotten the traction 
that one might have hoped for. Kate Unker, thanks again for joining us today and for sharing your perspective on these important topics for payers and the healthcare industry more broadly. Thanks too to our listeners for joining us today. For more insight and analysis on the state of healthcare after the curve, you can check out McDermott's Healthcare and Life Sciences News blog at healthcarelifesciencesnews.com. This material is for general information purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice or any other advice on any specific facts or circumstances. No one should act or refrain from acting based upon any information herein without seeking professional legal advice. McDermott, Will & Emery makes no warranties, representations, or claims of any kind concerning the content herein. McDermott, Will & Emery and the contributing presenters or authors expressly disclaim all liability to any person in respect of the consequences of anything done or not done in reliance upon the use of contents included herein. Copyright 2020, McDermott, Will & Emery. All rights reserved. Any use of these materials, including reproduction, modification, distribution, or republication without the prior written consent of McDermott, Will & Emery is strictly prohibited. This may be considered attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome.